Praise God. Well, in my Kojic tradition, first I give honor to God who is my life. I give honor to our president, President Hagen. I give honor to uh, my dean, Dean Bill Tibbetts. I give honor to all the other deans. I give honor to the professors and staff. And I give honor to every single student that's in the house. Clap our hands one more time for Jesus. Hallelujah. We have had an amazing past two days in chapel on faith and work. Can we say amen? Come on, let me hear you say amen. amen. Praise God. Can we say amen for uh, the, the choir and the praise teams that have been here? Eden Prairie Assemblies of God. Emmanuel Christian Center Assemblies of God. And today, the worship team of Dr. Ellington Porter, his lovely wife, Taiwana, the maestro, Billy Steele, and my dear wife, Darlene Miller. Can we give the Lord some praise? He's truly worthy of the praise. He, he's truly worthy, and I'm excited about what we're about to embark on, and so I won't take up much time. So on Tuesday, Dean Bill Tibbetts spoke on the state of being. And I share some of his quotes. We are constantly evolving as humans, and so are our labels. Our careers and even our personalities can change over time. What does not change is our identity in Christ. God cares far more about who you are than where you are. When we don't understand our birthright in Christ, the following will inevitably happen. Doubt, hopelessness, and ultimately the pursuit of sin for comfort. On Wednesday, Associate Dean Sean Sovey spoke on vocation and calling. God is into the work that we do we should be too. A creative God created us to be creative people, working, being, and doing. And this powerful statement here, look at your feet. Look at your feet. Everybody look at their feet. Whatever, wherever those feet go, you're on the mission field. Offer your work as a love song. And so today, yours truly will be facilitating a panel conversation on you, Jesus, and work. Can we have our panelists to come and join us? Yes, yes. Give them a good hand clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what is the big deal about faith and work anyway? Is it really important to God? Well, let's see what the word says about work. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God placed the man into the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. 
So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all, do it all. Can somebody say all? all. Do it all for the glory of God. Yes. Proverbs 18.9. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not eat. Christians sometimes separate work and faith into secular and sacred. Well, let's hear from our esteemed panelists, all NCU grads. Can we just give it up for our NCU alum? We will hear their thoughts today, and so let me introduce them. Ben Murphy, CEO of SFSFS Health Systems, and also CEO of Pario Industries. Janessa Miller, Associate Director, Law at Cargill. Ben Peters, Lead Agent, Mission Real Estate Group. Whitney Winslow, HR Manager, Treen Corporation. So I'm gonna go and ask my first question, and so for each of our panelists, we'll ask if they'll just give a 30 second to 60 second intro in terms of what they do at work. So my first question goes to Ben Murphy. Number one, if you think of your work as a calling, what impact does that have on how you feel about your work? Or if you don't think of your work as a calling, what impact does that have? Thanks for having me, guys. So yeah, like you said, I'm the CEO. I run a couple companies, own one, run one. Um, and so we do e-commerce on my day job, and then I do uh, party equipment rental for the uh, one that I own. So we rent tables, tents, and chairs, and uh, bounce houses. Um, and then I also uh, am on the executive team for a nonprofit. So that's me. Um, and then I absolutely feel like my work is a calling. Um, you know, in college, I actually came here to be a pastor. And a cool experience with Tibbetts, which then was confirmed with several cool God moments, uh, you know, showed me that the marketplace was really where I belonged. And what my heart really cried for was the people who were out there who didn't know Christ and were comfortable. Life's good. They're making good money. They got a loving family, a nice home. And so they don't have that lack in their life that they're constantly seeing day after day. They're not feeling it necessarily. And those are the people that like, we need to go out and show them that there's more still, that there's still that greater love, that there's still that Father's heart for us. And the best way to reach them is being next to them, working with them. And, and so it changes the way that you see the people you work with because they're never just objects. They're never just the people in the room next to you. They're truly who you're trying to reach. They're your mission field, where your feet go. That was brilliantly said. So when I look at my work, I absolutely see calling. I absolutely see, see the Lord and uh, impacts everything I do. Amen. 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 Whitney, can we just clap our hands for that? <laughs> Amen. Whitney, I'm going to ask the same question of you. Um, hello. So I'm Whitney Winslow. I work as a human resource manager for Trion Corp Corporation. So I basically oversee all 
HR functions um, for our employee base across the US. Um, that's my brief little intro. So in terms of work as a calling, I mean, yeah, I would say wherever we walk, wherever we go, it's a calling. Um, and the Lord has used us in our communities. Everyone is working in some way, even stay-at-home moms. Um, and so it's an opportunity for us to love people in different seasons and just be faithful witnesses um, and use our gifts to serve him. So I would agree. Amen. Amen. Ben, can we hear from you? Uh, yeah, my name is Ben Peters. I uh, graduated in 2014, so almost eight years ago. Sweet Jesus. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so I run Mission Real Estate Group. I'm the lead agent on Mission Real Estate Group. We've got 12 agents. Uh, me personally, I'm in the top one-tenth of one percent of uh, real estate agents in terms of productivity. My team is in the top five percent. We're working on getting those numbers up, but... Um, what, uh, and then I'm also a real estate investor. I actually just closed an hour ago on my 19th unit. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I look at work, uh, definitely as a calling and, um, uh, specifically, I think it's going to help you if you look at work as a calling, even if you're not in a job that you absolutely love, uh, it's going to help you get from point A to point B. It's going to help you get through the day. Uh, I really identify with the story of uh, Joseph. If you don't know the story of Joseph, uh, he was uh, kind of high up, got thrown into slavery. Uh, then, he, then he became a servant, but then got thrown into prison, and then he got elevated to second in command in the entire country. My middle name is Joseph, so I think that's kind of why I identify with him a little bit, but um, he looked at work as a calling. Even when he was in prison, he, whatever he was put in charge of, he took care of. And for me personally, when I graduated from North Central, real estate was not even on my radar. I was a cold caller at a law firm, and if anybody's ever cold called, that sucks, okay? Um, but every day I still got up and I looked at work as a calling. So even if you're in a job that you absolutely hate, still look at it as a calling because you can bring that love of Jesus to your coworker next to you. Me in real estate now, I can bring the love of Jesus um, to, uh, to anybody I'm working with. And so, um, and that's the, the heartbeat of uh, Mission Real Estate Group. My, my team, we give 20% of our profits to missions organizations. And in the last three years, we've given 275 grand away to missions organizations. And so, one of, uh, that's like, calling is what I'm all about. So, absolutely. I don't know if I'd be able to get out of bed if I didn't look at work as a calling. Praise God. Amen. Janessa, if you would, please. Hi, everyone. I'm Janessa. Um, I just want to say we all went to school together and we haven't seen each other in a few years. <laughs> so if you see us make some funny expressions, it's because we haven't gotten to hang out in almost eight years. So this is exciting for us to be here as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I do work at Cargill. I work in the law function. I oversee the data and analytics team, which sounds super nerdy. But basically what that means is we make sure people have access to the right information and then have the tools with that information they need to make decisions, so. And you can answer the question on call. Okay, my answer is a little bit different than everyone else's. Okay. I would say I do not view work as my calling. Um, I think similar to maybe what Professor Tibbetts preached earlier in the week on identity, I really view my calling as trying to live out my identity first and foremost. And that's kind of where I end with calling personally. But I do view my work as something that I'm responsible to steward as a reflection of Christ. 
Um, and I also believe that God cares about our work and he cares about economy. And so with that perspective, it influences not only the productivity or the excellence that I want to bring, but also the way that I want to relate to people in the marketplace, especially people who don't know him. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask this next question. We're going to start with Janessa again. And we're going to come back this way. Okay. So... Are you saying that someone's work as a plumber or a bus driver is as important in God's eyes as a minister's or missionary? I would absolutely say that. And my husband is actually a plumber. He came to school here. (laughs) Isn't the Holy Holy Ghost amazing? (laughs) He actually graduated from North Central with a degree in biblical languages to pursue pastoral studies and decided to enter the marketplace as a plumber. So that question hits very close to home. Um, I think what we have seen, both as a married couple entering the marketplace when we thought in college we would enter the mission field instead, is that, um, man, the Lord has such deep love in his heart for people in the marketplace who don't know him. And how will the CEOs and the plumbers and the trades get reached if we do not have people of faith in the marketplace sowing seeds above and beyond just being nice people? It's actually like not enough to us to be nice at work because anyone can be nice. But are we actually being the hands and feet by bringing a coworker in need a meal when they've lost a family member and saying, I'm actually praying for your family? Are we sharing the gospel when we're listening to the Holy Spirit provide opportunity not to have an evangelistic moment in the middle of Cube Farm, but to listen to where people are at and see if they're open to hear about who he is? Um, And I think as you build relationships with people in your workplace, you start to become like family. So it's like we've gotten the opportunity to walk with people through divorce, be in people's weddings that were coworkers seven years ago, things that you would never imagine being able to build a relationship with people if you keep your circle only to people of faith. And, but the Lord cares about people outside of the church as well. Amen. It, it sounds like um, you want to be salt and light. And you, yeah. don't wanna, you don't want your light to be hidden. And you want your salt to be what Jesus intends it to be where it's a purifier, it's a sanctifier, it's a healer, it's a deliverer. Wonderful, wonderful. Ben, if you would, please. Yeah, um, specifically with the question, like bus driver, I can totally see how somebody who's a bus driver is like, "Ah, I don't feel like I'm making a difference, but you can make a difference in the next generation. That's what a bus driver is. Even if it's a city... Even if it's a city bus driver, you can make a difference in anybody who gets on your bus. Um, What I think is interesting, like, if you live your life set apart, people are going to ask, why are you set apart? It will shine through eventually. And so, um, specifically with a bus driver, specifically with a plumber, um, because I think there can be, like, I'll identify as a real estate agent. uh, When I got into the field, I had five friends reach out to me. You sure you want to be a real estate agent? Aren't they kind of, like, slimy? Like... And I looked at, um, statistics-wise, lawyers are trusted at a 15% rate. Uh, Real estate agents are trusted at a 17% rate. So we're just above lawyers. And so... Hey, um, be nice. Hey, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, And so uh, my goal when I got into the real estate is I'm going to provide excellent service in an industry where um, uh, uh, sub-average service is normal. 
and because of that, my clients are walking, talking billboards for me. Uh, but because of that, I have the opportunity to reach out and really touch people. Because especially when a husband and wife are walking through a house, there's bickering, there's disagreements. I become almost like a makeshift therapist. And so uh, I love that I can speak into people's life that way. Um, and so no matter where you're at, you absolutely can make an impact on people, uh, even when you think you can't. Amen. Amen. I resonate with that because my wife is a real estate agent yep. and she shares the same kind of story that you're sharing. Yep. That's wonderful. Yep. Whit Whitley. Yeah. The, the image that comes to mind is in the Bible, the church is often like discussed as being like a part of a body. And so it's like, we can't have everyone be a CEO. We can't have everyone go on the mission field. We can't have everyone leave and you need people to stay. You need people who are admin assistants. You need people in different roles, in different industries to share and spread the gospel. Um, and I don't mean like spread the gospel, like walk into work every day and be like, do you know who Jesus is? Um, <laughs> but being a true witness in any field you're in, whether it's business or plumbing or a trade. Um, and I would say trades are a great way to get into people's homes and Amen. really serve in a different way than I as a HR professional can. Um, there's some boundaries I have to put up, so <laughs> it's great, yeah. Amen, amen. Ben. Well, I agree with what's been said. So the only thing I'll add is like, at the end of the day, as a pastor, you can only go so far. You know, as a missionary, you can only get to so many places. Amen. But when we're a plumber, when we're a bus driver, like that's that many people that aren't walking into churches aren't going to be in those circles. That's more reach. You know, that's, again, it's where your feet go. So we just, you have to do so much more. And the excellence we bring is going to have a massive impact. So the way we live is going to have a massive impact. So, so yeah, absolutely equal. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take a turn on you all. So I'm going to give you a reality check here. So I'll share what Dean Tibbetts shared on Tuesday. When he started earlier in his career, he had two co-workers. One was a pole dancer, and the other one wrote poetry, but it was about profanity. It was profanity all through his poetry. And Bill had to deal with that kind of work environment. When I look back at my career, when I first when I was at General Mills, I had a coworker that hated me. He literally hated me and made my life a misery for the first number of years at General Mills. And he was the boss's favorite. And he would talk about me on truths about me. And I said, God, what is the deal here? What is the story right here? And so I began to pray, Lord, deal with him. Long story short, he dropped dead of a heart attack. He dropped dead of a heart attack. I want to stay on your good side. This is what I learned from that. When the scripture says, touch not my anointed, nor do my prophets any harm. Amen. Yes. Other thing I heard, understood was, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. 
and every word that is formed against you shall be condemned? So my question, as I set that context, oh, and another co-worker who also hated me, (laughs) he was a paraplegic and in a wheelchair. And I said, Lord, deal with this dude. Shortly after that, he came back to the office. He was missing for a number of days, and he came back, and he had no legs. He already was a paraplegic, and he had gotten into an accident and had to have both his legs amputated. said, God, I didn't mean for that to happen. So my question, I want to set the context because we yet need to be careful how we pray for our enemies. So what are the highs and lows of being a Christian in the marketplace? What are the highs and lows of being a Christian in the marketplace? We'll start with the ladies first, so Whitney, and then Janessa, and then Ben, and then Ben. So I would say that's such a hard question. <laughs> I, love, I love my job. I love basically every job I've had, I feel like. I'm like, I love this. Um, probably optimism, but I would say a high is just you cultivate a lot of relationships and by the nature of being in an environment, like such as an office environment, people are not naturally going to have the same worldviews as you. Like in the church, we, we choose our churches often based on what we believe and we agree usually with some foundation of what everyone else there is going for. Um, but in the marketplace, I just really enjoy the diversity that naturally happens with the backgrounds and experiences. I feel like I've learned a lot from my colleagues. Um, I would say a low is that people suck sometimes. <laughs> um, I mean, so I'm in HR, I deal with conflict mediation on a daily basis, and People are brutal, Um, and it is not a common thing in the workplace for people to know how to take ownership of what's theirs to steward and how to ask for forgiveness when they make mistakes. So I work a lot with our executives, and there's, you know, a couple weeks ago I made a mistake. Just, it was more a verbal, I was a little bit too sarcastic, but publicly and so I had to go and ask forgiveness and they do not know what to do with that and so I would say that's hard sometimes because I have been told in my career like don't apologize don't don't apologize when you make mistakes that makes you sound guilty Um, and as a Christian we'd say but we are guilty we do sin Um, and so I think those are the things that maybe stand out the most to me all right all right Janessa Okay, and just to clarify, it's the highs and lows of being a person of faith in the marketplace or just highs and lows in general? Highs and lows in the current position that you have on the job. Okay. I would say, um, starting with a high point, uh, every role I've had at Cargill has been basically a role that's never existed before. And I think people at large corporations, there's this idea that you're sitting at a desk doing the same thing over and over again, but truly every role I've had has been a building role. And so even with my current job, I get to choose my team, I design our priorities, I design the strategy. So that is a very exciting thing to have happen. Um, 
I'd say a low point from a career standpoint is uh, I was sexually harassed in the marketplace and I was under a very abusive, emotionally and verbally abusive leader. Um, and our direct reporting lines adjusted so that I was reporting directly to him. And there is a definite impact to uh, just every area of your life when you go through something like that. And I never felt like I could leave because I had a coworker who was also going through the same thing who was under contract for two years. Um, and I felt like I couldn't leave her. And so I actually ended up needing to report this person to the ethics line and opened an investigation and had to go through the whole bit of having private counsel and uh, sharing my experiences and just things that you truly are not prepared for. Um, but it happened and I had a ton of favor. I work in the law function so I had like a million lawyers that are like coming to my defense um, and also the, my, um, my abuser had a lot of favor with one very important executive team member. And so there are things that don't add up when you go through something like that, like this is right and wrong, it should just be easy and it, it actually just never is that simple. Um, and so I think similarly to you, I had to really ask myself, like, how am I looking at this situation? Um, and honestly, for months and months, I was looking at it as a victim, as someone who is just on the receiving end, and then my perspective was ending there. And I just really felt challenged by the Lord, like, hey, is your perspective one from coming from heaven? Like, do you actually have my eyes on the situation? And was really challenged in the place of prayer around how am I going to pray this through? And so wasn't even necessarily praying that this person were to like come to know the Lord, but I was praying that um, unethical and demonic behavior would cease to exist in my marketplace. That is what I started praying for, that not one more person would experience what I experienced under that person in my workplace. And that became my daily prayer. Sorry, I'm shaking just because it's not always easy to talk about, but... Um, that person was removed from the organization within three months. I literally showed up to work one day and was told he will not have any more direct reports. He's working from home for the next 60 days. Um, and I never saw him again. Amen. 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 If we could shorten our comments a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, we're running out of time. Uh, I yep. do have a couple more questions, Zach, so go ahead, Ben. Absolutely. Uh, highs and lows in uh, my current position. Highs, I mean, uh, I love working with believers because Mission Real Estate Group, we're given 20% of our profits to missions organizations. A lot of believers uh, vibe with that. And so uh, I, I set a goal. I'm like, man, if somebody's a believer in the state of Minnesota, I want to work with them. Um, and for a while, it was really, really clicking. Um, but uh, in terms of lows, um, uh, you would imagine that, you know, uh, people of faith would be the best ones in your corner. And uh, I experienced church drama, church split, a bunch of people walked out of my life and some of my best friends, um, you know, four-ish, five-ish, uh, walked out of my life and said, hey, if you're still going to that church, I'm not going to use you as a real estate agent. And very manipulative, very, and just not, not great. Um, and you could make the argument that that was, you know, close to 80 to 100 grand worth of commissions. And so I was like, all right, should I leave because of this? Or is that my flesh talking? Is that God talking? And talk to my dad. And my dad's a great spiritual advisor. And he said, hey, um, do you believe God wants you at this church still? And I was like, absolutely. I got to stay here, pick up the broken pieces, you know. And uh, he said, well, then God's going to make it up to you. And it, he absolutely did. But regardless, 
Uh, as Whitney said, people suck. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the funny thing is, is these are people who are identifying with believers and using these manipulative tactics. And that was a really low for me. And it's just, it was interesting. I mean, I had LGBTQ clients that reached out to me, Ben, we love you. You're the best. And I'm just like, man, that, that kind of sucks that, you know, uh, the roles, like what you would imagine would be reversed, you know? Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of highs and lows, but, um, yeah, long story short, uh, stay faithful through it and God's going to take care of you. Amen. That's a good line. Stay faithful to it and God will take care of you. Ben. Uh, so highs, uh, similar to Janessa, you know, I'm at the top, so I get a create the strategy, all the direction, all of the authority, you know, rests with me. Uh, the low of that is that when things aren't working, whether it's your fault or not, it's your fault. You know, everything, the buck stops. And so if you didn't see something coming, if you didn't prepare for COVID, if you didn't, whatever, you know, that's you. And, and especially as a Christian, you got to hold that stewardship and that responsibility because it's other people's money I'm, you know, managing, um, both my business partner on the one side and, and the owners on the other side. And so, uh, that sucks sometimes, saying, yep, this is my bad, I'll fix it for next time, and here's how we're going to adjust. But at the same time, as Christians, that's where the fun is, too. You know, we get to create. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to do a quick hit here because we're wrapping up, and some students are getting ready to go to their classes. So a last question, a last question. Um, what advice would you give other Christians in being really deliberate about viewing their work as ministry or sacred? And we can start with Ben. Real quick and then... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I said the best advice is just to find God in it. You know, it's like, what values is he wanting you to, you know, show and work? And so, like, I really focus on excellence and integrity and letting that shine and then love on everybody around you. All right, all right. Whitney. I guess maybe the one thing that comes to mind is your identity is first and foremost in Christ and the place you're working or whatever you're doing is where you're stewarding something he's given you, which means like steward well what's been given yours to steward. And that'd probably be. All right. I'm, I'm going to echo the same thing. Uh, stay faithful in the little. Uh, and then as God uh, expands your path, expands your position, uh, he will continue opening doors of opportunity. One of the things that I love to say, God's not going to open a door of opportunity. He's going to open a garage door size of opportunity for you if you stay faithful in the little things. Yeah, I would say if you want to understand that sacred or not sacred, ask, invite the Lord into your work. Uh, if you run into a problem you don't know how to solve, it's like, man, God, you are the best problem solver. Can you help me solve this problem? <laughs> Can you give me wisdom on how to solve this problem? And it's so much more fun to partner with God in your work instead of trying to keep it separate. So that's what I would say. I love that. I love that. It goes back to what Dean Tibbetts shared on Tuesday about recognizing our identity in Christ and recognizing how much authority and power that we have in the workplace. So some key words were shared as you spoke. Stewardship. Wisdom. Asking God for direction. And so when I, I think it's a wonderful thing uh, when we come in the workplace and recognize who we are and that we can take authority. So when, going back to my story, I prayed, and I actually prayed, I, as I studied and learned, I prayed the sure mercies of David, and that's, not a, that's, a, that's a powerful prayer. Rather than praying for mercy, praying for the mercy of those that were causing my life to be a real pain on the job. 
And so recognizing that we also have power and we are in a place where we can ask God for wisdom and direction, we can also pray for mercy in that workplace. I'm going to close by this right here. So the Great Commission states this. Love your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. That was a great commandment. The Great Commission states, go and make disciples. God has given every believer the ministry of reconciliation. To reconcile is to bring back into a right relationship. When we regard our work as sacred, regardless of if it were a plumber or a minister, we will better be able to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. So what does the word say? Our work brings honor to God. Our work brings reward. Our work supplies basic needs. Our work allows us to be a witness.